0: Welcome to the 254th episode of the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast, the weekly quizcast where two professional quiz masters talk about how to write and host great pub trivia, as well as quizzing each other and our guests on our favorite questions of the week. My name is Quizmaster Lee, mm. and as usual, I'm joined here by fellow master of the
1: quiz, Mark Davis. I'm here in the presence of you and your, your, your firstborn. Mm-hmm and your your wife
0: yes we still don't have a door in the studio so we're all technically in one giant room right
1: now we are yeah but i just wanted to i don't think i've told kyle yet this room looks immaculate <laughs> you did great work
0: it is studios looking fire how are you doing buddy i'm doing very well how are you doing good busy busy week oh. of uh, trivia this week um actually got pushback for the first time from one of my regular teams about having no maximum team size anymore mm. so uh i was explained you know they were like what prompted this and i was like well you know tried it out at the other venue and seemed to go over well and you know the venues i think like bigger teams so you know we're relaxing it they yeah. said we'll see how that goes very ominous <laughs> mm. <Okay>. all right <laughs> i also got pushed back this week uh, related to another thing that we talked about in that discussion, which was phone use, actually. So okay. there was somebody was complaining about phones, and I had already made actually a couple announcements, like really, like um, tried to drive the point home, you know, to keep your phones away that night. But this person was like, "Look, you know, I'm from out of town. I'm playing here for the first time. There's people here. I see them. They're going into the bathrooms and stuff. Like, come on, they're going to the bathrooms. Lee. They're going into the bathrooms." And oh, so no. I was like look I can only do so much you know if you see something say something but if you tell me something happened five minutes ago I can't do anything about it right and uh she responded well you know what they do in Maine where I'm from just from Maine oh, by the way oh they lock all the phones in a cage on the quizmaster's table come on and she's like you need to get yourself some cages and I was like I don't think that's gonna work and she's like I'm telling you like people are gonna get pissed and they're gonna start leaving because everybody's cheating here and I'm like, look, like I'll make an announcement again, but like, I'm not going like, to you know, get like cages or buckets or anything like that. And so I got back on the microphone, and I said, y'all, I know like, the allure of the phone is strong and stuff, but if you could please keep it down just for another 10 minutes while you have your answer sheets. Because I got people out here asking me to put a damn cage on my table, and I, end- I don't want to put your phone in a cage. I don't want to put your phone in a cage. I don't want to put your phone in a cage, I told them. And I think that that kind of worked a little bit. I don't think I'm going to need to put their phone in a cage. I do want to commend, though, uh, Dallas has a good solution for this. He has a little popcorn bucket that he puts on each individual table. So you're invited to put your phone into the box on your own table as a show of good faith, you know, in support of the fun that we're all trying to have at Trivia. I think that's a more elegant solution because it's still somewhat voluntary. You know, your phone is there if you need it. And it kind of keeps everybody, you know... In mind, like, hey, you know, we're here to have fun and stuff. So I'd be more likely to do something like that. But I don't know about this place about putting the phone in the cage on the table. What do you think? Is that a little too far?
1: (laughs) I mean, I I think it is. You know. You're cool with it, basically. I mean, I, I, uh, you know, we've talked this, you know, if you've never listened before, welcome. Welcome. It's been a topic. (laughs) Unless you're like at at a quiz bowl or something. Or you're doing something that's like the winners from these different locations, you know, and there's like big time stuff at risk here. Calm down. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is entertainment. Right. No, you know, I mean, and every quiz master has a different idea of what they're willing to go to. You and I have talked endlessly. We just had this phone conversation, you know, not too long ago. You know, my view is. The main thing I want to do is get people there and having a good time while they're not at work and just having fun. And if that means someone is on their phone, you know, doom scrolling or doing whatever unwinding after work, that's fine. If I start getting suspicious, if someone, you know, answers all rounds correctly and some like I'm lucky, I guess in part, and you, you have this too, probably at all your venues. Whiskey tango is my barometer. Like if if they get only two questions right in a round, and unless like the questions are about like, you know, Cardi B or some, something like that. Cause I know where some of their weaknesses are. If, if some, <laughs> if some team is like, here's my perfect round and I'm getting, I'm picking up a vibe, then I'll deal with it. But that happens maybe once a year, probably less than once a year. So, you know, If someone came up to me and was like, well, we've talked about this. This team is on their phone. Well, they got one out of six questions right, and they they put down Europe as a state. So they're on their phones. It does not mean they're cheating. They're just doing other shit. And, you know, again, I understand if someone doesn't want to have allowed phones, I get it. But it's like, you know, (laughs) just let these people fucking live. You know, a lot of times they're playing, and I prefer that they play. And stick around for like an hour and a half doing what we're supposed to be doing, keeping them there, because they're allowed to be on their phones as well, rather than being like, oh, well, if I can't be on my phone at all, I'm not going to play and I'm going to leave in 20 minutes. So, I mean, you know, like I said, if I was going to do, wh- when we do the year anniversary trivia at Nice Guys, no one's allowed to go to the bathrooms between rounds. I mean, we, we go in. Mm-hmm. We don't. We don't even just do phones. You're not allowed to go to the bathroom.
0: But the prize is like 10 times bigger than exactly. typical. So I the mean, stakes are a lot the, higher. Exactly,
1: It's the real deal. Mm-hmm. So that I can see people coming and trying to cheat every week if those were the, the you know, what you could win. Mm-hmm. But it's like a $25 bar tab. I don't know how many people are like really scrambling, especially a table of like six people to get basically what amounts to like $4 off per person. You know, I get, you know, it's just a difference. And some people just get very, very, very serious about it. And uh, sometimes it blows my mind. I understand pe- not wanting people to cheat. I mean, you know, you know, I totally get it. But uh, just settle down. It's going to be all So right. after I made that, uh, you know, big
0: exclamation about not wanting to put phones in the cage and stuff, I was bringing around some answer sheets for the next round. And this guy goes, they weren't talking about us, were they? And I was like, I don't know, man, they, you know, I, th- I don't know who they were talking about specifically, but you know, they were looking around and stuff. And he's like, because some of the uh, the folks that are on our team, they're new, it's their first time. And like, you know, I've been like, telling them, like, keep your phones away and stuff. And like, I glance over and like, somebody's on their phone. It's like in the middle of a round. I'm like, you got somebody on a phone right now. And he turns out, like, Oh, hey, get that out. <laughs> and then he came up afterwards to apologize, which I thought was nice. You know, I was like, you know, I didn't notice you know any flagrant cheating tonight. But if you can police your own table, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know that's that's the way to go. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, as a hypothetical though, what would you do if you had a, a situation where in the third round you had like kind of a largest team, one person's on their phone, and you you know politely ask them to put their phone away, and they say, "Oh, I'm not you know cheating or anything. I'm just talking to my you know family member." And then that team ends up winning third place by one point. Ends
1: up winning third place by one point? Yeah, like
0: they just got into top three, and they get a prize for that, you know. But only by one point, locking out a team by one point that presumably did not use their phones at all. Do you think that that first team, that original team, should take the third place position, or do you think that they should be penalized, if there's a person on the team that's just like, oh, you know, I'm not cheating or anything. I'm just like having a conversation. What do you think, you know, as somebody who's who's there to promote kind of the fun and like the freeform spirit of it, um, you're a little bit more liberal on phone use than I am, I think, and stuff oh, like much that. more, yeah. What would you do in that situation if it came down to just a point?
1: I mean, to an extent, it depends on how well, I mean, I would take a couple things into account. How they what their performance was in the other rounds, what their performance was in this round. Now, if they won by one point and they got three questions wrong and three questions right, I'm not doubting them. Because, you know, I don't think that that's what cheaters do. I think usually they try and get every question right. Maybe they'll get one question wrong to try and, you know, trick you, like feel like they're getting one over on you. But I mean, like, I've had some teams where... They've gotten the seven and eight point questions right and got the three, four, five, and six all wrong. And so they, they did well in the round. Do I think they cheated? No. I mean, I think that they happen to know a lot about fucking anime and you know how the heart works or whatever, you know? So I, I would, in that case, I would absolutely give them the point if they got two points in the first round and they had a perfect second round. Then yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go up to him and be like, "This is gonna raise some eyebrows." How do you you know was this a Slumdog Millionaire day? Like, how did this you know? What happened here? What happened yeah. here? Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of times I'll say like a perfect round. Does anybody you know? Does anybody think that this might not be you know over the mic? And anybody think this might be fake? And a lot of times people are just like, whatever. Like you know, who cares? One more question. Sure. On a typical night,
0: how many phones might you say that you see out and about in the crowd during a question round?
1: Well, it's hard for me to say because I don't walk around during my question yeah. rounds. So I'm, I'm sitting there and usually talking to people on Zoom or, you know, getting stuff together. Um, I forgot. You're on the opposite
0: wall. Yeah. So I'm you step out. I'm literally staring at a wall. You. But when you read the questions, are you, do you step out and – and no. Go, no, you're just behind the – okay. You're like in a sound booth basically.
1: Basically, yeah. yeah. I mean I've got people behind me and – Now, so if you're, for the uninitiated, Nice Guys is basically two sides. Yeah, it's split. Mostly separated by one long wall with two doorways. I am next to one of the doorways on the usually less populated side. um, The venue side slash the pinball side. So for a long time, they didn't even have seating over there. It would be just me. Um, Then they started moving some tables inside. Most of the booths and the bar and everything else, are over on the other side. Um, I'm basically never on the other side while I'm asking questions. I can see through the doorway and I can see like maybe a table or two, and then now I can see behind me and see the people that are on my side. Um, <clears throat> I usually see commiseration. I see the what appears to be the writing down of an answer, and then maybe a person or two will pick up their phone, scroll around. And then I ask another question, they put down their phone, et cetera.
0: And you're not actively monitoring, but in a sense, you have the, uh, the bartenders and servers are usually, um, you know, reminding people to not use their phones and stuff like that, right? Yes.
1: Yeah, so as a matter of fact, I mean, especially if I start like kind of sniffing something out, I'll be like, can you pay specific attention to this person? I had a team that showed up in my last week that I thought. Um, might be cheating before we even started because they thought they kind of had a history of possibly cheating. And um, I mean, they didn't end up, they tied for first round and tied for second round actually. Um, and then um, the last round they lost uh, semi Um So, you know, I, uh, I, I do see some people like even at the end, I'll say, here's the last question, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to come around a little bit. Now, unlike yours, because I I asked to go around and pick them up, they're kind of at my discretion as to when I pick up their sheets so they can get on their phone, which I'm sure kind of annoys some people or sucks for them. So I do sometimes walk around and I'll see them with their answer sheet upside down or with their pens out of their hands, just looking at their phones, doing whatever, and then I'll pick up their answer sheet. But, um, you know, I, I don't think I've ever, ever, ever seen someone like in the middle of a Google search with a pen in their hand,
0: right? Um, Not like Dallas has. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> Looking behind him out the window and seeing somebody look up the answer in live real time. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Um, so you know, um, it, it's never it's never been it, it's been an issue for me. Maybe once every year or two, it's been an issue. Mm. Um, otherwise, it's you know, it is what it is.
0: Well, we'll see how that goes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Not that ominousness.
0: Well, like we said, you know, we're here mainly at trivia. I mean, there is a level of competition, obviously. It is a quiz sure. game, but we are here mostly to have some fun. And uh, speaking of fun, how about we go over our weekly wrap up? I'd love to. At Ollie's Pub this week, we were visited by Ellie and Amanda from the other coast here in South Florida. Ellie is a quiz master And both of them have been listening to the show And they were able to swing through Southwest Florida and catch our quiz At Ollie's before they leave for their New home of Asheville, North Carolina
1: well, Hot damn
0: Yeah, they. Uh, I was like, are you guys going to be around tomorrow? And they were like, nope, we just stopped in and we're leaving Tonight, <laughs> headed up to Asheville Where Ellie is uh, hopefully going to be Starting another uh, trivia event there So we wish them both uh, Best of luck on their adventure As for the quiz, number 552 at Ollie's, it saw many teams attempt to pick up a lead that was held by just the tips, but tips maintained, logging their 36th overall victory. Quite a many, ending in first place with 93 points. Quite a many. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Chromate, which is how I'm pronouncing teamwork backwards, uh, that's their team name, in second place with 83 points, and as you wish in third with Nintendo 64 points.
1: Chromate. Chromite. 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 It's like Uh, Australian. Chromite. Yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Quiz number 553 at Pointy Bell Brewing Company began with Sister Sister and Company holding a lead until the final round (laughs) when Open Fart Surgery Took the lead. Okay. Get ready for the names in these top three here, buddy. Open Fart Surgery took the lead, winning with 124 points. Their fifth overall victory. That's uh, formerly Team Pee-Pee-Poo-Poo. You might remember them. Do remember With that. a new name tonight, Open Fart Surgery. In second place, it was Santa's Fat Loads <laughs> okay. with 119 points. Here in the heat of summer, Santa's getting all boned up. <laughs> and Smartini's <laughs> in third with 108 points. Oh,
1: Smartini's. You got to bring up your game. <laughs> he- <laughs> like, following a <one> fucking <laughs> Santa's fat loads, an open fart surgery. <laughs> an open fart surgery
0: at Fathom's restaurant and bar for quiz number five hundred and fifty-four. It started with MJ's Peeps with a with a leading score before Honey Badgers took the top position in round two. Ultimately, though, it would be added again, who would log their first victory, ending in first place with eighty points. Honey Badgers in second with seventy-four points, and Hook Line and Drinkers in third with 71 points and you know what i'm actually kind of proud here at fathoms because it's a new quiz that we've established over there and we've done six of them and there has been one team that's won twice and four teams that have won once that's a good distribution of winners for and they're, they're all regular teams i should point that out too so it's not just like you know there's teams coming and going and stuff like that there's a group of like six good teams there that have all kind of traded the victory position around so okay I'm good on us for that. I'm going to give us a pat on the back for that because I think that's what you want. You don't want the same team winning every week over and over again because people, you know, might get discouraged and not come as frequently and stuff like that. Mm. So we're lucky, you know, with the category requests that, you know, we can take that data and, you know, look at the scores and kind of re- rebalance the quiz every week. You are flying by the seat of your pants, basically. It's yeah. it's Quizmaster's choice at Nice Guy's Pizza, basically. Like, yep. you pick the categories, and what do you think? Do you, I mean, you, you seem to have a lot of uh, repeat winners, but what do you think, like, your... Um, your percentage of like, like how often do you think that the, the teams like the same teams win over and over again? Do you think like it's ever too much or do you find that it has an impact at all?
1: No, I think that it's pretty varied. I don't have necessarily a lot of repeat teams. Maybe on zoom. I have a few on zoom. We definitely have a regular winner. Um, but I also don't do, I mean, I try to be mindful of at least doing like a sports question, I try to do like one category, one, what do I want to say? One category per round max. So like three sports questions max, if I Mm do any. Oh, yeah. Same thing with like music, same thing with movies, same thing with like, I try to kind of like keep arts and like science distributed. Mm -hmm. I don't do a lot of kind of more niche stuff that as you do. Um so I don't like do like anime and stuff like that. I don't I I try to do like kind of geeky stuff every once in a while but that could be Simps- Simpsons, it could be Star Trek, it could be anime, whatever. Um but like, you know, you doing an anime question at Fathoms It's probably going to get a much different reaction than you doing an anime question at Ollie's. Dude, this week I had
0: as answers uh, pop stars Jason Derulo and Avicii, as the late EDM artist Avicii, as answers. And (laughs) 80% of these like teams that are mostly boomers were like who the hell are those people? Yeah. You know, and there's, you know, a few teams of like younger folks, they got those immediately and stuff. And it's like, you guys just have to trust me that these people are famous, <laughs> even though you've never heard of them. Yeah. They, uh, they are famous. And what I use to kind of balance that out, a tool that I use is Google trends. Actually, I'll go to uh, trends.google.com. And if I'm looking for like an answer, or category, you can type them in there and then also see how they relate to each other in terms of like Google searches and stuff. And you can even fine tune it down to the state that you're in. Mm. So you can see like, is this a popular anime in Florida, you know, versus like other parts of the country and, uh, I haven't been able to fine tune it as close as like, is this popular at Ollie's versus Fathoms? You can really just get it down to kind of the city and regional level. Right. But I have found that that helps. And, and you're right. You do have to have a little bit of intuition, knowing your audience, knowing I'm not going to ask about the anime 86, at 86, 86 at Fathoms. No one's going to know what that is, despite the fact that there's it's often requested at Ollie's.
1: Or if you have a pretty even distribution, just make sure you're asking a question about Milton Burrow.
0: Mm-hmm, exactly. You know, so
1: just yeah. be like, okay, this is for one. This is one for people that were born in two thousand. Right. So we're also going to have a question for someone that was born in 1940.
0: Yes. So for the, we had the Jason Derulo answer, we had the Avicii answer. We also had 70s, 80s and 90s movies that night as well as 60s, 70s and 80s music. So there's there plenty yeah. for each demographic. And I just let them know like I hear what you're saying, but you know what? They ask me the same thing about like the questions that are from, you know, a pr- prior time period. Yeah. So I get it basically from every demographic. If you have, you know, your demographics range from 18 to literally like in their 70s like we do here at some of our venues in Southwest Florida then you're going to have to cover a lot of ground a lot of different knowledge groups and stuff one of my
1: co-workers in a meeting uh, revealed that she did not know who Rodney Dangerfield was
0: oh my gosh that's like not knowing who Russell
1: Westbrook is she's only a little (laughs) bit younger than me and I had to send her a video I was like I cannot this is probably not this is probably not you know appropriate it's probably sexist you know, it's probably you know it's probably shitty to some extent in today's world, and it probably was in that world too. But it was you know like why my wife is annoying and like yeah, you kind know. of
0: the standard misogynistic fare exactly. of uh, comedians from that yeah. generation. Um, yeah, well, I guess it's true. He really doesn't get any respect, right?
1: <laughs> now we know why.
0: Yeah. Well, that is a breakdown of what happened this week. Mark, I'm curious about the scores on your leaderboard from Nice Guys Pizza.
1: So, the first round, um, we had a uh, tie between 239 Calamity and Ronald Reagan's Grave is a gender-neutral bathroom. We had a tiebreaker breaker question where 239 Calamity answered correctly. The second round, t- 239 Calamity... 43 points, Ronald Reagan's grave is a gender neutral bathroom, 43 points. So the one point that two, three, nine calamity got, got them from the first round, got them to tie in the second round. Wow. So had I not given one extra point to put it up, they would have lost the second round. Uh, The tiebreaker in the second round, Ronald Reagan's grave is a gender neutral bathroom um, winning with 44 points. Really neck and neck here. It was very, very neck and neck. Yeah. Um, the last question had one of those uh, last, or the last round had one of those last questions that really threw kind of everyone for a loop. We had a lot of people putting uh, putting it all on the line. Uh, it was uh, Jesus is coming. Act busy ended up winning the last round with 52 points. Wow! So were they your overall winners as they well? Were. Congratulations! Uh, well, I'm oh. sorry. I should say when you count the people on Zoom, which I always Ooh. forget to do because I'm a monster. Um, Whiskey Tango, 79 points Dave and Scar, 75 points They have been giving Whiskey Tango a run for their money Nice The power couple, they, they, they are good, man They are very, very good Well,
0: congratulations to all of our winners this week And if you missed it and you'd like to join us for Trivia Soon We're at Ollie's Pub in Cape Coral On Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m., we hope you can join us then for opportunities to win Ollie's gift cards, which you can use at the bar on one of their signature sandwiches. Try the many Ollie-licious offerings on the menu at Ollie's Pub every Tuesday at 7.30 when we have our weekly quiz. And Wednesdays, we're live at Pointy Bell Brewing Company in Fort Myers, Florida for a no-nonsense trivia challenge based on your category requests. Please join us for your opportunity to win some free beer. And to suggest categories for next week's quiz. And to enjoy God tier smash burgers by our weekly food vendor. We have only doubles and fat thor's usually coming out on Wednesdays. Come play our weekly quiz at Pointy Bell Brewing Company starting at 7:30 p.m. every Wednesday. And on Thursdays, we're back. In Cape Coral at Fathom's Restaurant and Bar, located in Cape Harbor, where we'll be offering Fathom's gift cards.
1: Free cards!
0: For first, second, and third place at our newest weekly quiz event, come enjoy some perfect pub provisions, alongside our perfect quiz, based on your category requests, at Fathom's in Cape Coral on Thursdays at 6.30pm. And of course... Every week in Cape Coral, you can play Mark's Trivia on Wednesdays at Nice Guys Pizza or on Zoom starting at 8 p.m. For a link to the Zoom meeting, check the show notes or just visit bit.ly slash Nice Guys Pizza Trivia. All one word, even though I almost put a space in there. It's Nice Guys Pizza Trivia. All one word after a bit.ly. And please don't forget to follow No Nonsense Trivia on social media. And join us on our Discord server to stay updated on all of our podcasts, streams, and events. Join us, won't you?
1: Well, we sounded good, but it was not that note.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I was trying to, you know, last week we just did it off the cuff and it sounded great. And now I was really in my mind about it with you and that guitar right there, you know?
1: Yeah. I we'll really get there. In my
0: own head. We'll get there. Yeah. Let's take a little break okay and then we're going to come back with our first round of trivia Time for our first question, which I have one prepped and ready for you here, Mark. It's about dog breeds.
1: God, man.
0: All right. What breed of dog whose origins can be traced to the area that is now modern Croatia was once used as a carriage dog to protect from banditry and later were utilized by early firefighting groups around their wagons as well
1: okay. to calm the horses? You know, I asked a question similar to this. Um, I want to say Elise wrote in. Um, I want to say Elise was like, I had never heard that. Or maybe she, she knew from my hint. Because Carriage Dog, I thought, was an uh, interesting name. And even without your kind of give them clue, your your big built-in hint here about the uh, firehouses, I knew this. Because I knew there was an area called Demacia. I'm going to say Dalmatians. That's right. Yes,
0: Dalmatians. Uh, interesting fact here, you know, like because they were used to being around horses from their their time as carriage dogs, they were then used around uh, the early firefighting groups to calm those horses because horses, you know, naturally fear fire as many living creatures rightfully do. Yeah, with good you reason. Know. But they uh, they like a little animal, animal therapy at the same time, and they're like, "Oh, those Dalmatians, I'll just hang out here with you guys.
1: And I'll be good." Hmm. Good on you, Mark. Thanks. Here's your first question ebony and ivory was a single released in 1982 by paul mccartney featuring what famous singer and keyboard player that would be
0: uh for a second i was like oh shit is this paul mccartney and michael jackson but that's actually a different song that's not ebony and ivory that's the Girl is Mine I think is the name of that song
1: That sounds right
0: But Ebony and Ivory, that would be uh, Paul McCartney And one Stevie Wonder That's correct what? Steve Land Judkins I was just going to ask, What you? I know you know his real names Steve Judkins. Judkins Stevland Stevland <laughs> Stephen adored if i'm gonna pronounce uh steph curry as steven curvy curvy oh my gosh <laughs> Stephen dana Cur- carvey there's a fucking there's an <laughs> Stephen, episode title Stephen curvy steven was with a
1: big old badonkadonk and some nice ass titties. i'm not even gonna finish with the joke let's yeah. just move on here <laughs>
0: speaking of motorboating <laughs> okay here's a boating question for okay. you sharing it's not n- my
1: favorite kind of motorboating
0: <laughs> <laughs> I saw the disappointment <laughs> ring in your eyes Sharing its name with a chain of islands in the Western Bahamas. What is the term for a sunshade or rain cover that shades a portion of a yacht? Sharing its name with a chain of islands in the Western Bahamas. What is the term for a sunshade or rain cover that shades a portion of a yacht?
1: See, mm, um, I don't know. I, I know I, I, I know it's going to fucking just hit me and by hit me, I mean, I'm going to get the question wrong and then you're going to tell me, I'm going to think what a fucking idiot. Um, Western Caribbean islands.
0: Yes. Uh, the Western Bahamas, the Western, Bahamas. Western Bahamas.
1: um a cover for a part of a yacht um what is a parasol is that like a i think that's kind of like a um umbrella it's the only thing i can really think of i'm going to say parasol no
0: you're you're right to guess that that's a type of umbrella i believe mm-hmm. that's what that is bimini Oh. Bimini, which uh, means two islands or the twins in the Lukian By language. Many. Yes.
1: Well, um, I never knew that.
0: So I pronounced I it Bimini yourself. live and Ooh. everybody who knew corrected me. And I said, I no! thought it was like bikini.
1: Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's Bimini. Um, Bimini bobbity boo. <laughs> here, uh, here is your next question from me. Dr. Malcolm Crow is one of the main characters in what movie released in 1999? Malcolm Crow? Doctor. Oh, pardon me. Didn't go to school for eight years to be called Malcolm Crow. I like how people say that, like that's why they went to school to be called Doctor. Not to actually make a lot of money because you have a doctorate Mm -hmm. or anything. Put some respect on my name. Yeah. That's what I paid for. Yeah.
0: A little ego boost. Every time you address me.
1: Dr. Malcolm Crow, Doctor. 1999. Feature length motion picture. The Matrix came out in 1999.
0: The what? The Matrix. The Matrix. The Matrix. Um, that was one of my answers this week was Matrix, but it was an algebra question, right? It was oh. a math question. Okay. And uh, I was cute enough to wear my Matrix t-shirt. Perfect. And... Only a couple teams picked up on it, actually. But when I asked it, I looked down, and I looked across the room, and there was, like, a guy staring straight in my eyes, and he, like, nodded and, like, pointed <laughs> at my shirt. And I just had to poker face him, like, look away. <laughs> I should have given him a wink. He should have.
1: I think it's okay
0: to give, wh- I, you know, he put it together. Yeah. like that,
1: you know, whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He didn't come up and, and was like, the answer is Ariana Grande, isn't it?
1: Isn't it? Tell me. I know it is. I know it. I know it. Just tell me. Tell me now.
0: Put my phone in your cage. (laughs) I want to play. Anyway, Dr. Malcolm Crow. Don't remember that character from The Matrix. Fight Club also came out in 1999. I think. Maybe I'm off by a year there. Is there a doctor in Fight Club? Medical movies in 99. Anger management? Is that... The Adam Sandler and uh, Jack Nicholson movie? Analyze this. Analyze this. A psychiatrist. Did that come out in 99? That was uh, Billy Crystal. And... Maybe my falsetto giving way to my uh, lack of confidence. 99. I'm, I'm going with analyze this. That's the big doctor movie
1: of the late nineties. Analyze this. I'm sorry. That's incorrect. Though you were right. Analyze this fight club and uh, the matrix all came out. 1999. So did Ooh. a little movie called the sixth, sense oh
0: featuring
1: bruce willis is he the
0: doctor he's the doctor he's the doctor i haven't seen that movie probably since like 1999 actually i am a Shyamalan fan how do you feel about him i think he's
1: good i I think he's fine i mean he has his moments i think he overdid (laughs) it yeah i I, he's kind of he kind of in a quicker way got to me the same way wes anderson did Mm -hmm. or was like okay all right. Okay, we got it. Yes. Oh, this again. Okay, great.
0: I'm enjoying his his, his stylistic uh, work, though. I mean, did you see a knock at the cabin? The most recent one. I have not. No. Is it good? I liked it. Um, I thought that. And this I is love this Dave is not. Bautista. I was going to say this is not my wrestling bias coming out, but Batista. Turns it over in this one It's such a good performance It's almost better than the movie is There like, was
1: someone somewhere trying to say that The Rock was the best wrestling actor Ha 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 And I was like well, well I mean to be fair you don't have a huge pool To p- pick from yeah. Though I would say I think John Cena is better than him um, Of course he's Specifically going for roles that are a little easier For him to get Like yeah. having kind of funny roles or whatever But Dave Batista is or in a way the best wrestler he's a actor real actor
0: time. he 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 really he takes roles that are not easy or you know like what you would expect him to take whereas yeah Dwayne Johnson and John Cena they play characters that are pretty close to their real life personality i think you know yeah. they're they're essentially playing themselves or the version of themselves that they made famous in pro wrestling, you know, that I was surprised know. by – But Batista, his- yeah, he just – he approaches it from a different perspective. You can tell that he really cares about the art form of acting. Yeah. And really tries to draw upon, like, internal experiences and stuff like that and very impressive.
1: Yeah. I, w- I even thought he was great as Drax. I mm-hmm. mean, like, you know, that is another one of those, like, close to – that's probably, like, the closest to his – personality you know being able to have a funny role when you're hamming it up as a yeah it's, it's a very
0: gimmicked character but i
1: mean even stuff he's done was like, he was great in dune man yes. he was fucking killer in dune yeah um and he looks blade like blade runner yeah blade he runner. had a smaller
0: role in that but he was but he was still great, great. Mm-hmm. and
1: you can tell in uh knock on the cabin that uh it, he looks like he's great in it
0: yeah so i would recommend it okay. i would recommend it all right my last question of round number one for you is a children's literature question. Wait a minute. you got one more after this.
1: Right? Wait. Did you just answer my question? Or did
0: I did. You asked me about Dr. Malcolm Crow.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Which was from The Sixth Sense. That's correct. I'm just re-recording ding, that ding, since, ding. Since, <laughs> we, uh, since we had that other conversation. I don't want to forget that now. So i got to say it again out loud to, to re-record it in my memory. Got it. But a children's literature question is what I have for you.
1: Children's
0: Literature.
1: Literature. Astrid
0: Lindgren is known as the author of what 1945 Swedish children's novel that is named after its main character and has been translated into more than 40 languages. Astrid Lindgren is known as the author of what 1945 Swedish children's novel that is named after its main character... And has been translated into more than 40 languages.
1: Pippi longstocking.
0: Is that your final answer? It is. That's correct.
1: Yeah!
0: Well done. Well done. So how did that happen? Did you know that, or did it just pop into your mind and you're
1: like, it's gotta be? It's it. <laughs> Lee, mm-hmm. sometimes you can explain. And sometimes you can't. (laughs) All right, fair enough, fair enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually thinking today about to to be or not to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you know where I'm going with this? What is that from? No, what I mean by it. To built-in hint or not to built-in hint from your PIBs X system. Right. Feel free to write a whole chapter on this. Okay. I was thinking about how... Built-in hints for certain questions would be overkill. So, for instance, if the question was, what is the name of Homer and uh, Marge's son? That is not a hint question, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe if you're in, like, fucking the island of Mauritius or something. But, like, by and large, you don't put a hint there. And there's this determination. There's Be, a fulc- because,
0: because it's so well-known in pop yes, cultures exactly. that we're saying it, it It doesn't need a hint. Right. Gotcha.
1: And somewhere in there is a fulcrum where you start delving into questions that need a hint. Mm-hmm. And that sweet spot right there where you don't need a hint, but you're getting into the realm of needing a hint, that, I think, is the sweet spot for Quizmasters. Yeah. And wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I I would agree. I I think
0: that, I mean, that question that you asked, The Simpsons one, very easy. Right. You know? Um, But I think it speaks to the point of that we, uh, when we're laying out our quiz and writing our questions, we try to anticipate what most people know. You
1: know? That's what I'm saying. And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning, where it's like, could you have saved that Jason Aldean question with some kind of built-in hint? or like finagled it in a way where you're asking Jason Derulo or I'm sorry, Jason mm-hmm. Derulo. I don't know how the fuck you save that when that's the answer. How you see that other than like yeah. changing the wording of the dude, question. I
0: gave them so many hints for that. I sang wiggle, but while I was reading the question, I was like, this is a big hit. He was in cats.
1: But again, I mean like big on TikTok. Yeah. They I on TikTok, And they said,
0: Meh, I, well, I was going to say, <laughs> that's the <laughs> thing. It's like
1: that generation isn't watching the read. The, you know, the recasting of Cats.
0: Uh, I mean, it's, it's based on a Broadway musical. I could see a certain subsection. I don't you know. have
1: seen the Broadway
0: musical. Well, we'd have to look at the demographics there. But <laughs> but yeah, Pippi Longstocking was one that I, I was like, everybody's heard this name, but how many people are going to remember this and make the Swedish connection? And it turned out only 35% of my players on a very busy night 36. got that. And yes, you can count yourself one of them.
1: Yeah, I I just took the last name and I said, you know, this sounds like... It would be, it's her, the woman's name, Astrid Lindgren, Lindgren sounded mm-hmm. very Swedish. And, uh, to the best of my knowledge, I don't think I've ever read or seen Pippi Longstocking, but, uh, she was probably also, uh, good know. intuition. Thanks. I appreciate it. Here's your last question from me. Which video game company released the handheld links console? Which video game company released the handheld Lynx console? That's L Y, N S or X Lynx. Like a cat. Like a. <coughs> like a big cat. <coughs> the Lynx.
0: <coughs> there's a, there's something around here named Lynx. I don't know what it is. If it's a restaurant Sousage. or a law firm, the logo confuses me. I can't tell what it is. Oh, I know what you're talking. About. It's a call center. Oh, maybe that's Link with a Q. Now that I think about it. Anyway,
1: there is a Link's with an X. There,
0: there was there was a call center around here called Link or Links or something like that. But I think this is a different place. Oh, well, Link with a Q is something
1: else. I can't remember what it is. Mm.
0: Anyway, can I hear the question one more time? Which which video game company released the handheld console, the Link Links? links the handheld Links
1: console. Big rip to Robbie Robertson, by the way. Fucking R.I.P such a drag man. I know he was kind of an asshole to the other members of the band and all that, but you cannot fucking, which band,
0: (laughs) the band, the
1: band, the, uh, The is it the band or the band? Oh, I don't know. I would assume it's the band, right? The the band. Okay. I always put the accent on band,
0: the band titled
1: the band for a long time. If you don't know the backing band for Ronnie Hawkins Later on the backing band for a little guitarist singer songwriter named, uh, Robert Dylan. Um, Bobby Dilly? you know, The first guy that smoked out the Beatles, Bob Dilly Dilly. Um, and, uh, then went on to write such songs as the weight. Um, and Jesus, what else? Uh, the night they drove old Dixie down, which is amazing. And, uh, don't do it. They had a bunch of good songs. Great stuff. What's that documentary called again? The Last Waltz. Mm-hmm. I'll be watching it again very, very soon.
0: And it was, uh, um, who directed that?
1: Martin Scorsese. Martin Scorsese. Right. And uh, kept in touch with Robert Roberts, Robbie O. Robertson over the years. If you've never seen The Last Waltz, widely considered to be the best live music documentary of all time, it is up there along with Stop Making Sense. Um, just absolutely incredible. And they back up everyone from Van Morrison to Joni Mitchell to Neil Diamond, to Neil Young, to Paul Butterworth, to Ronnie Hawkins, to Bob Dylan, and they do a bunch of their own stuff, including It Makes No Difference, which is one of the saddest songs known to man, sang by bassist Rick Danko, and, uh. All the members of the band are dead now. Richard Manuel famously hung himself after a gig, dealt a lot with depression. Rick Danko died. Uh, Levon Helm died like maybe 10 years ago. Now Robert Robertson and Garth Hudson, the only remaining member of the band. And this is why when I write questions about the band, I'm like, this is a three-pointer because <laughs> I know all this is just like <laughs> – you yeah.
0: Know. That's that's where it's interesting cuz sometimes you know I I try to um balance my quiz out and use that, you know, anticipation of what they might know to help with that. So it's always interesting when I have like a three-pointer and only like 30% of the room got it right. It's like that one is not as easy as I thought, you know. Mm-hmm. Next time if I ask that question I might need to bump it up to a a four-pointer. And I've never really gotten firm in in doing that, you know, but um I might be starting to analyze the questions a little bit because analyze this. now that now that I'm hosting more trivia's, I'm definitely getting more into reusing, going into the repo and, and using some older questions and stuff like that. It's it's like a fifty fifty split, but after a year,
1: you know, if you remember
0: the answer from over a year ago, I think that that's that's pretty fair game.
1: Also, nothing more humbling than making a question a five pointer in your case or an eight pointer in my case. This is real hard because I don't know it. Mm -hmm. And then everyone knows it. And you're like, I'm a fucking loser. Yep. (laughs) That's what that is. (laughs) Yeah. That's me thinking that this is really hard and me finding out I'm just a fucking numbskull. That happens from time to time, too. Oh, it has happened many times for me. Oops. But to your question about which
0: video game company produced the Lynx handheld handheld
1: Lynx console.
0: I don't know. I I don't know. It doesn't. I, I'm almost certain it's not Nintendo. Um, maybe it's the Sega. Man, if it was Nintendo, you blow my mind. But maybe it's Sega. Maybe it's uh, Sony. They had the PlayStation Portable. Sega had a Game Gear. Nintendo had the Game Boy. <sighs> Why would they go away? For, I mean, they. Now they have the Switch, but they used that Game Boy brand for portability for so long. It's hard to imagine that they would divert from that unless it was like maybe before the Game Boy. But technologically speaking, that seems unlikely. The Sony Lynx. The Sony PSP. Video game company. So they made hardware. Nokia had the N-Gage. The Nokia links. Maybe that was a Nokia G N O. Would you call them (laughs) C C (laughs) I A? Would you call them a video game company though? I don't know that I would call them that. That's what you said, right? Video game company? That's correct. Maybe (laughs) Tiger Electronics. Do you remember those little handheld portable games? I do. From like the late 80s and early nineties. Things are so wild. You had to like bake in every frame of the animation. (laughs) to the screen and it would just like I don't know how it worked. send a little electrical current probably to it to show which which image should be shown but I don't know man you cursed me on this one you jinxed me jinxed him Nintendo Sega Sony Nokia what am I forgetting here the Lynx Cat names tiger tiger electronics though again i would not call them a video game company oh i'm forgetting a big one a classic one and i'm i'm gonna go with this for my answer because it sounds right the atari Lynx. atari is correct yes Whew. oh i'm so glad i didn't give up on that one
1: Yeah, I was starting to really worry about you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Released in September of 1989 in North America and 1990 in Europe and Japan. Said to toss the Game Boy into the prehistoric age. Uh, Ended up getting taken off the market in 1995. Um, Yeah. Competed with Sega's Game Gear and NEC's Turbo Express. Mm -hmm. I don't know that one either. Yeah. Uh, The uh, project was called Handy Game or Simply Handy. (laughs) Oops Yeah, there you go Slurp, slurp
0: All right Well, that's our first round, right? That's the first round, Lee We're going to take a little break Mm -hmm. And then we're going to come back with some missed corrections
1: Oh And a second round of trivia Yep
0: We are back, and it's time for some Missed Corrections. Corrections? Man, staccatoed. We did pretty good on that one. Yeah, that was
1: pretty good. Was Improvised pretty staccato.
0: We were communicating with our eyes, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we always do. <laughs> <laughs> I got some flack this week for describing Monaco as not being a country.
1: Yeah, it's a country.
0: Yeah. Okay. I guess, you know, calling it a city-state, I get that that's a country, but I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. And somebody pointed out, does it make you feel any more comfortable if you think of, like, head of state, you know, and mm-hmm. that a state is like a, a government? I still hate it. Okay. It's like, we're going to call this country everything except country. Every other <laughs> denomination. Call it, call it a town city state, why don't you? Or a street right. town city state. Yeah. I accept it, though. Okay, good. I should have, yeah. I should not have uh, Should not have said that. Ed Sikow chiming in on discord with Copacabana is famously sung by Barry Manilow, not Harry Belafonte as mentioned in the rate, my question, Barry and Barry. It wasn't Pat Boone either. uh, Barry Manilow and claim it of the year chiming in. I always associated it with Desi Arnaz. I think it was even the name of the club that Ricky owned in. I love Lucy. That sounds right. It's not though. I looked into it. Um, There are however, many connections to the Copacabana in. I love Lucy, the club that. that, uh, Ricky worked and performed at, it was influenced by Copacabana in its style and its decor, the real life club, but it was called the Tropicana on the what show. What a great
1: trivia question. Mm-hmm.
0: And later, Babalu. So there's actually two names that you can uh, look for there in that in that question. But... There are several references to the Copa Cabana on "I Love Lucy." In fact, the first episode from 1951 does feature the Copa Cabana as a plot point. Damn! I don't think they ever make it there, but that's uh, the the episode is titled "The Girls Want to Go to a Nightclub," and the Copa is the nightclub that they want to go to. Uh, later in the series, Lucy does an impression of Carmen Miranda from the movie Copa Cabana, uh, and the Cop- Mm-hmm. Copacabana. that's the one Cabana. there are a few other mentions of it in the series but yes the club that ricky worked and owned at was called the tropicana very close name uh-huh so yeah uh, that that uh. that might be a good little trivia nugget there you know to uh, bust out on your players and you'll probably have half Write say it copacabana down. and maybe more than half would probably say that tropical mm-hmm. the tropica the tropicana i don't think tropicana is short for tropical banana but i can't be sure
1: no you can't
0: we heard from steve on uh my magic the gathering question about goblins i said oh, yeah making that up, a huh? goblin deck and he's just clarifying referring to the goblin creature type not a card named goblin because there are other cards that are named goblin uh, that are not red on you
1: <laughs> they're not red <laughs> my man came at you with a with some uh, some writing the size of the monster manual Somewhat <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> root you
0: he busted out the monster oh, manual for sure boy. uh yeah, but the, he he did point out there are three hundred and sixty one goblin creatures that only use red, as to forty two uh that are red with one other color and thirty nine that do not include red, so mostly red, you yeah. know, uh, but it might be important to add to that uh question the word generally, generally. at the beginning or something like mostly. that, mostly. I also indicated that there might have been some drama between Namibia and France in the past, I thought with you know maybe France and all of its colonies across the globe, and especially around Africa, there might be some beef there, but I looked into it, and they seem to be pretty okay buds actually yeah, they're actually pretty chill, yeah, yeah, uh, Namibia gaining independence from South Africa, which was colonized by the Dutch not France the uh,
1: that's my boy actually mm-hmm
0: yep. And I also claim that there may have been uh, about three to four presidents between Andrew Jackson and Abraham Lincoln. There are eight. (laughs) I forgot about Martin Van Buren, William Henry Harrison, John Tyler, James K. Polk, Millard Fillmore, Franklin Pierce, and James Buchanan, all of which I'm sure we've mentioned at least uh, once on the podcast here. Oh, sure. So those are our miscorrections for the week. And in the words of Quizmaster Mark on the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast, two rights, right a wrong. You being right and you writing in. And if you'd like to write us with a miscorrection, a rate to my question, or even just a little no note, you can write to us at no-nonsense trivia at gmail.com. Call us at 1-929-356-6966 or find us on social media. And please we- give us a uh, rating and review wherever yeah. you get your podcast. come the fuck on. It's been over a month now. Every
1: time I say that, we get one review. Can so we say how timed. many listeners we get a week around? Yeah, we can. We get somewhere in the realm of two to 3,000 listeners an episode. In the first week. In the first week. Mm-hmm. Now, some of you. We don't have 3,000 reviews. Some of you are not <laughs> reviewing us. And I don't want to have to come over there. I don't want to have to break into your phone and do a review for you. So please do. (laughs) Lee. Yes. Taraxacum is the proper name of what flower? Popular flower. Oh. That can be eaten, cooked, or raw, and are an excellent source of vitamins A, C, and K. Taraxacum is the proper name for what popular flower that can be eaten, cooked, or raw, and are an excellent source of vitamins A, C, and K? Kind of three hints there,
0: yeah. Got a lot going on there. Can I really? get a spelling of taraxicum? taraxacum? T A R A X A C U M. Mm, so it's not, <laughs> it's not, uh, it's not terra like the
1: earth, like I was thinking. No. It's a T A taraxacum. Um, when you're spelling cum, do you spell it C U M or C O M E? Mark, is this the 18th century? I'm spelling it C U M. Now if you if you talk about someone in the process of coming, do you spell it with a U? Yes. See, I don't. If I'm saying what? that someone is going to come, I put C O M E. When I talk about like a kind of books are you uh, working I on over here, C-O-M-E? my buddy. I You're uh, starting to write these things down. <laughs> Erotic fiction? I see a lot of memes where people talk about <laughs> Oh, gotcha. Okay. I actually said to to Cosden the other day where this guy is kind of like looking over a lake and just Asking all these questions about, about commentary funny. I'll show you off, mic later on. It's good. <laughs> all right. Anyways, Taraxacum. I like how you always ask me a
0: question, and you immediately cut off my sauce with a story. <laughs> all right.
1: I'm sorry. You're right.
0: <laughs> Taraxacum. It's a flower. I, I need to hear the question one more time, if you don't mind, because we're talking about these memes and stuff. Do
1: you mind me interrupting? Go for it. Taraxicum is the proper name of what popular flower that can be eaten cooked or raw and are an excellent source of vitamins A, C, and K.
0: You know, this question's going over for the vegans. They you know, know the this shit. Are just they fucking, know this shit. They are
1: <laughs> frothing at the mouth. God, I wish I had some That's right
0: what now. you would, you could balance this question out with a, uh, a cuts of meat question. Please. I had that as a request and I was like, cuts of meat. I wonder if, uh, you know, some of my vegan players would be turned off by that. But this question, as a balancer,
1: is is Cuts of Meat the new Drops of Jupiter uh, Part 2? Is it the new Train song? <laughs> if it is, I but know it's going to be on. back un- in the atmosphere. Cuts of meat dropping in her hair. Hey, 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 hey.
0: I'm pretty sure that's about Lady Gaga and that dress she wore at the <laughs> VMAs. But yeah, I mean, if that's the new version of that song, so definitely Lonnie. expect that
1: to uh, come up in lyrics to go soon. Ooh, <laughs> we've got some. Oh, the episode this week with Doug Davison from Strip Club Moms talking about Animal, Fuck Like a Beast by Wasp. What an insane episode. Can't wait. Uh, Good times. Great oldies. What kind of flower is this?
0: Got anything else you want to talk about so we can procrastinate? Because I don't know. No, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm actually asking for it now. Because I don't know the answer to this question. Um, The first thing that comes to mind, popular flower, I mean, obviously, like, Roses, tulips, lilies, carnations. Maybe it could be an orchid, or a daisy, or a sunflower. You didn't mention seeds. You can give me two lips. You know what I mean. You'd have to look elsewhere, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. Man, I feel like I've I've seen. People eating rose petals before. I feel like I've been to a restaurant and a very large plate came out with a very small cut of meat on it and a artistic drizzle and a few flower petals, and they said that will be three thousand dollars. So maybe it's roses. I didn't pay, by the way. Dine and dash. Roses is my answer. That's incorrect. Damn it! You dined and
1: dashed? No, I'm joking. I didn't go somewhere with a $3,000 plate of food. Come on. Yeah, fuck that. The correct answer is dandelions.
0: Oh, Dandelions.
1: Yeah. Dandelion.
0: Yeah, and, and let me be clear. I'm not advocating ever dining and dashing. I was just making a joke poor taste, I okay. suppose.
1: That's fine. I was just worried you said you had done it. No, I was just joking. I don't think it's I've joking. ever dined and dashed in my life. Never. I don't think so. That's fucked up. (laughs) You're supposed to. It's right. am from you. are asking for something like that. Yeah. yeah. I remember like (laughs) finding out. I was like, well, who has to pay? It's like the, the waitress has to pay for it.
0: That's what I was told
1: anyway. I was like, well, then fuck that. I'll never do that shit.
0: 80s movies. My first question for you. 1980s. 1980s. What 1984 movie that stars Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen, was the first to ever receive a PG-13 rating from the MPAA. What 1984 movie that stars Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen was the first to ever receive a PG-13 rating by the MPAA? And I mean the first movie, not the first movie starring Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen. I, well, know I guess this, I mean both.
1: I know this is something I had heard before, but I don't know what it is. Trying to think of a movie that would have Charlie Sheen and Patrick Swayze in it. Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez's brother.
0: Do you know what movie prompted the creation of PG-13 because no. parents were so upset over the PG th- the PG rating of a previous movie? No. Temple of Doom. Indiana
1: Jones and Temple oh, of Doom. Okay, that's good. That's good trivia. Um I mean, Roadhouse is coming to mind just because I know that Patrick Swayze's in it. But that's probably more than PG-13. And I don't know that Charlie Sheen is in it. When the hell is Charlie Sheen in that Patrick Swayze's in? I was four years old. Um... Don't know, man. Um, Ghost came out later. When did Dirty Dancing come out? I don't think Charlie Sheen was in that either. I'll say Roadhouse.
0: No, that's wrong. I'm sorry. But that is a movie that does feature another wrestler actor. But more on the wrestler side, Terry Funk, the uh, living oh, legend, yeah. Terry Funk. He didn't have to dig too deep in that role of a bouncer in that movie with uh, alongside Patrick Swayze.
1: Jesse Ventura is also good. Is he in that? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, but as he was an actor, in Predator mm-hmm. or Alien or Predator.
0: He was in Predator. Predator. Yep. Yes. Um, I'm trying to see here movies. All the movies that these two actors, Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen, have been in. They have been in. Oh, no. Actually, just this one movie. They okay. they were in a uh, interview TV series uh, called "Very Important Penis."
1: You were looking like you're. Well, I was
0: like, "What is this uh, TV series you're about?" Like
1: 27, you know, 28, 29
0: No, the nineteen eighty-four film starring Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen, Red Dawn. Red, Red Dawn. Dawn. Yeah. So, if you wanted to make this a little bit easier, you might say, um, "Which colorful title?" War film. Alternate history film. Mm-hmm. Either one of those would work as uh, some extra hints. Only 25% of my uh, team's getting that right.
1: Hmm. Here's your next question for me. Which number did NFL quarterback Peyton Manning wear on his jersey for most of his career?
0: Man, come on, man. Come on, man.
1: Peyton Manning's jersey number? Yep. You've seen him with his jersey on a million times. A million? In commercials and stuff, yeah. I don't watch that
0: many commercials. Mm. I'm a skip ads kind of guy. Um, <sighs> this is one of those that is, yeah. I'm not going to put this as a five-pointer at my quiz. But this is one of those that I know other people know really well. And I'm just kind of on the outside for it. Um, Peyton Manning, a quarterback. I feel like they usually have lower numbers. I don't know if that's like a thing, but I'm going to guess low. Okay, I'm going to guess low.
1: I think it's changed recently, but for a while, quarterbacks could only have up to a certain number. I'm not sure if that's changed or not. I think some positions have let us know in our Discord. If
0: you know, hop on the Discord. We even have a a a missed corrections channel on there. Yeah. So it uh, doesn't get lost. We can, you know, see it right away. Those
1: shorts look like they would be a kilt. They could be. I'm they wearing kilt shorts. Do you want to describe them? They are plaid. They are they are black and yellow plaid. Black and
0: yellow, black and yellow, black Uh-oh. and yellow, black and yellow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's all we're legally allowed to sing. Yep. Um, Peyton Manning, number, jersey number. My heart is telling me 8
1: or 9. Going to go with 8. That's incorrect. Um so in 1973 Numbers 1 to 19 are worn by quarterbacks, kickers, and punters. Since 2004, wide receivers, wide receivers are also allowed to wear numbers between 10 and 19 if they so choose. The correct answer is 18. He was number 18. Oh,
0: okay. So kind of at the top of that uh, mm-hmm. numerical array. Indeed. All right. My next question for you is a Disney question. Which series of cartoon short films featured the animated debut of classic Disney characters such as Donald Duck, but also served as inspiration for other animated short series such as Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies? There go my two answers (laughs) Which series of cartoon short films featured the animated debut of classic Disney characters such as Donald Duck, but also served as inspiration for other animated short series
1: such as Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies? Animated shorts. Well, Merry Melodies was my guess. Um, I'm just trying to remember like what the beginning would say. Can I hear the question one more time? Yes. Which series of animated short
0: films saw not only the debut of classic beloved Disney characters such as Donald Duck but also inspired the creation of other animated short series
1: such as Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies? Oh, see, I couldn't remember if you said Looney Tunes in there cuz I was like I'll say Looney Tunes. Um, I don't know. Um Merry Tunes <laughs> they, just, they just rip them off in various ways. You're so close. You're so
0: close. There's not a third that you can think of that goes with this like a uh, musical kind of clue.
1: Tunes, merry melodies, uh, tunes, melodies. Uh, no. Silly symphonies. Never heard of that before in my life. Really? Never in my life.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's the answer. We well, did have a few teams get that right. Um, and also not the first time I've asked that this week. I feel like that's that's a good 5-pointer right there. Yeah. You know, for a Disney question, Disney's a popular car- category, but this one is going to put the Disney heads to the test. Indeed.
1: All right, here's your last question for me of this round. Monocarpic and polycarpic are words that describe something from what branch of biology? Monocarpic and polycarpic are words that describe something from what branch of biology
0: I mean I'm thinking like microbiology. I'm trying to think of all the branches. There's uh um What other branches of biology are there? There's microbiology, there's macrobiology, the big biology? Human biology. Would like anatomy be considered a branch of biology? I guess not. That's more like classification. I don't know, man. You asked about, like, you know, the, the kingdoms or the phylums or whatever a few weeks ago, and I just realized then how little I know of this, uh, this sphere and sector. Um, I guess I'll go with microbiology, but I'm, I'm expecting to learn something here. It's incorrect. <sighs>
1: The correct answer is botany.
0: Botany, plant botany. plant biology, basically. Yes.
1: I um, was I was like, is that different than botany, you know? Mm-hmm. But alright. That makes sense. Polycarpic is a tree that makes uh seeds many times. Monocarpic is a tree that only has seeds once, and that's it.
0: It it gave its life for that seed.
1: Mm-hmm. As so many do. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna be both, buddy.
0: My last question of the round for you, Mark, and the last question of the round in general before we break, Mm. is a seasonings question, bit of a cooking question here. Okay. Jamaica pepper, myrtle pepper, and pimento are all names for which spice? Jamaica pepper, myrtle pepper, and pimento are all names for which spice? You know about the pimento, right? Uh Uh-huh. You see them in those olives. They're pickled when they're in the olive form. And then uh, they're actually a type of pepper, the Jamaica pepper,
1: the myrtle pepper.
0: But when used for the spice, they're harvested very young and dried out. And it becomes the spice.
1: I feel like I know this from somewhere. I'm going to say allspice. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice guess. It wasn't a guess, my oh, friend. Okay. I right. had it in there. All right. I had it in there. Okay. I remember knowing that Allspice was connected to Jamaica in a major way. They use mm. Allspice in a lot of stuff. Um, I remember that p- finding out that Allspice was connected to... Um, Pimento is a very like, oh, what the fuck? Really? Okay. Yeah. I don't fuck with olives. Had
0: a lot of people write down jerk seasoning as the answer here, which is a a spice blend. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, all spice. Yeah. Despite its name, all spice, one spice. Mm -hmm. One thing in it. It's a misnomer. Yeah. All right. That is our second round. Let's go ahead and take a little break, and then we'll come back with a rate my question and...
1: The third and final round of Trivia.
0: Back, and it's time for a rate my question. Staccato day here. Yeah, we got a uh rate my question here from Alec sent to our email. One, one, Alec, Alec, yeah, Alec Guinness. Which country's most popular sport was invented in the 1850s to keep cricket players fit in the winter and includes unique moves? such as handball specky and
1: umpire led boundary throw-ins well so this is kind of interesting because the question is not what the sport is it's what country's most famous sport right is called this thing Mm -hmm. that's weird um and then the country would have to have probably either be close to a country where cricket is a big deal i'm thinking india um but is India not? Or but uh, but cricket itself is not the most popular sport. So it's a sport that was made to keep cricket players in, keep them fit
0: mm-hmm. in the winter time. Yep, off season.
1: Winter time, so maybe a winter sport. Of course, if it is in India or whatever, then there's no snow. Right.
0: Right. It's a weird thing because we're not expected to actually give the name of the sport. We have to come up with the name of the sport, or we don't. I mean, we could just take a guess, you know, based on the hints and stuff like that. But we're getting a lot of information about the sport here, you know, so it might help us to know.
1: For some reason, Pakistan comes to mind. Don't ask me how. I don't know. But for some reason, Pakistan comes to mind.
0: Do they play a lot of cricket? I think so, because I was thinking sticking around the UK makes a lot of sense. That's the most popular area for cricket in the world, right? I was thinking India is. Well, but you were, but I mean, didn't didn't cricket originate out of the UK? I don't know. I, I I always assumed it was a British sport, and maybe it's uh you know, um, appreciation in India might come from the fact that the British the Brits it colonized. India and, and it, it sure. you know, might have been something. But the 1850s—that's another interesting thing. This is old sport.
1: I start calling you old sport. I'd like that. Good job, old sport. <laughs> Thank you. A hearty chuckle. <laughs> so, what are you thinking then?
0: Well, I mean, it. I'm not saying it's not India. I think India is actually a good guess too. Um, but I was just saying I was coming at it from a UK perspective. You know,
1: think of England. It snows. Yeah. And people going to India because they owned it and practicing there, some other shit. You know.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm totally on board with India.
1: I'm just going by the fact that yeah. there were two dudes who were Indian who used to own the best Quiznos in this area. Hashtag non ad. T- no, <laughs> no, hashtag, mar- hashtag Marks ad. All right, you can put some money I in fuck the coffer then. Hard ass <laughs> Quiznos. Um, and uh, whenever they were playing cricket, whenever there was a cricket cricket match, they had it on, they were watching it, and they were into it hardcore. Mm-hmm. And it ruled. Um, and maybe you want to learn. And they were like, oh, some of the matches are like over a day long. And I was like, fuck you. Are you serious? Fuck this.
0: You get a sticky
1: wicket and hey. Trying that, to explain the you rules. You got to unstick
0: the wicket, man.
1: It's a whole thing. I don't know, man. India, Pakistan. Pakistan's over by India, right? I'm more comfortable
0: with India as the British connection is very strong there. Let's do it. Um, 1850. That sounds about right. When was uh, when did George Orwell? He was early twentieth century, late nineteenth century was author. Nineteen
1: twenties,
0: yeah. Um, so he was he he um, was part of the British Army and and was stationed in India around the mid eighteen hundreds. So this is making a lot of sense to me. Let's go with India. India is our final answer. The answer is.
1: Australia. Uh. Is it rugby? Union rules? Or whatever the fuck it's called.
0: The game is Australian rules football. Okay. Or Aussie rules football. Simply footy. Footy. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because you'd think that soccer would be called footy. Because you only use your feet. But. It's true. Here in, in this version of footy. If you're a Ruckman, so to speak, you can uh, use your hand for all our jokes about uh, Chromite in our intro. Here we are. An Australian answer. We didn't know it. How embarrassing. All right. um, There are some extra notes here from Alec. I can read them for you before we get to our rating. Okay. There's a note here. Speckies is short for spectacular catch involves jumping up and placing one's knees on the shoulders of a teammate or opposition to catch the ball. So you can just jump on your opponent and use them for leverage here. It may be the most entertaining move in any sport, Alec writes. And there's some pictures here. Is he from Australia, I wonder? Didn't say yet. Check out these pictures. Okay. This appeals to me as a pro wrestling fan. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, that's intense. It's like the beginning of a meteor or something. Alec continues preemptive right. My wrongs quote, lots of different ways to determine popularity number of fans in general. Oh, we're we're getting a little defense on the pibs here. That's Uh-oh. what, that's what this is. So I'm going to rate this. We'll come back to that. Um, but I'm, I'm just going to rate this blind, you know, uh, first. So, uh, pib system, popular, interesting, short and sweet. I'm sorry. Popular, interesting, built in hint, Short and sweet, and then an X factor, which uh, which is describes the susceptibility a team might have. Mm-hmm. So uh, popularity. Unless you want to go first, Mark. No, please. Okay. Popularity. Cricket, not the most popular sport in the U.S. Um, baseball, much more popular version of a similar sport. But uh, I think sports in general are a pretty popular category request. So I am going to give this a full capital P. I also think that this is a very interesting question. So I'm going to give a capital I as well. Now, uh, as far as built in hints go, here's where it gets wild. There's almost no hints, obvious hints as to what country it is. You know, you have to do kind of like these jumping around. It's popular in the UK. What have they interacted with? You have to bring a lot of knowledge to the table to try to come to the right answer of Australia here. So I'm not going to give this a B. I don't think I think there's a lot of hints about the sport here. You know, maybe I'll give it a little B. I'll give it a little B cuz you can you can if you know specky, if you recognize that term from Australian rules football, you'll know that it's Aussie football. You know, it's Australia. It's a it's a clear direction to the answer there. So
1: I will give this a little B. microscopic B.
0: microscopic. Um and short and sweet. I mean, I didn't realize that these uh these moves were so tied to the country. Um, initially looking at this, I was thinking maybe you want to move the country wording to the end and have something like uh, a sport that was invented in the 1850s to keep cricket players fit in the winter and includes unique moves such as handball, specky, and umpire-led boundary throw-ins is the most popular sport in which country? You end on country because that's the answer that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. I think that would be very good because otherwise – you might. I, I, I can see many of my players writing down a sport name here as an answer right. instead of the country. So I would just flip that. I'll give it a lowercase s s point five, if you will, Um, because again, these these clues that you have, I can see if you kn- if you come up with the fact that it's Australian rules football, you're going to know Australia is the answer because it's like the only country or that they predominantly play this in. Um and X Factor, we sussed for a little bit, you know? It was, a, it was fine. I'll give it, I'll give it an X as well. So I'm going to give this a, uh, a PIBS X. Yeah. Uh, I think it's an interesting question, though, for sure. But the asking for the country and the describing the sport, that just threw me off a little bit. I wouldn't say that it necessarily left a bad taste in my mouth. But I was like, what's going on here? Why are we doing this roundabout thing? You know, asking for the country when you're describing the sport. Why not ask for the name of the sport? Knowing the answer, I get it. I get why you can't or why it wouldn't make a difference, I guess. But what do you think, Mark?
1: I think there's a better version of this question somewhere. I'll give it an A. <clears throat> it's good. Um, I just kind of agree with you that there's a better version that either flips the question and says – What country's rules football was da-da-da-da-da. Oh, so just Um, give them football. Yeah. Instead of, like, spec Even, like, rules football, maybe. Um, Because I think that's something where I have heard of Australian rules football, but the other, you know, like, I could probably have pulled that out. This, there was no getting there. Um, And again, that's just going by my knowledge, but... um, yeah, I mean, it's a good question. It's interesting. Uh, it's cool knowing that that's how it came about. Um, very dangerous way to stay fit, <laughs> I'd, I'd say. A whole uh, new fucking sport. Fucking people kicking it, each other. It's a harder sport, it sounds like. That's you know, like saying. cricket seems more relaxed. Yeah. You know I mean? So, uh, yeah, I'll give it a solid A. Okay. Thank you, Alec.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, if I was going to ask that here in Southwest Florida, I would put that at a five-pointer, at least. Maybe even a final question. I think in its so. In this current I think format. I too. It's, it's, it's on the difficult side, but, you know, not anything necessarily wrong with that. Um, if you'd like to write us with a rate my question or a miscorrection, correction, you can do so at no or call us at 1-929-356. 6966 Oh, and there is one more... <laughs>
1: Oh, this is, uh, Alec is actually Binsky, I think, on the oh, Discord, maybe, right? Binsky! And uh, I believe a Patreon subscriber as well.
0: They concluded, would have called in, but my accent may have given it away. I promise next time we'll be different. Love your work. Keep it up.
1: Australian.
0: And a heart emoji as
1: well. Oh, hearts to you, Alec. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Oh, come on. I've been watching Bluey all morning, okay? I can't get out of it, man. Don't do that. You, you can still hold, your, hold it over. Come on. I hope that was okay. You're better than that. Wow. Leave, leave the bad uh, Australian accents to me. Leave me to be the hated <laughs> one. Let me go nar. <laughs> Did we good do good nar? All right. I think anyway. I'm supposed
0: to go first, right? You are. Okay.
1: Let me give you my last question it's time, here. guys. The last two. So strap yourselves in. Be ready. Category for this question, lyrics to go. Oh, what I'm have just you any, done? anything that's about lyrics.
0: I'm just going to call it lyrics oh, okay. to go. It's not necessarily related to the show, okay. but you should still check out the show, listeners. Lyrics to go. That's Mark's other podcast he does with Seth, where they uh, investigate bad or misunderstood lyrics. Yeah, on an episode of the 1997 British TV series "An Evening with," which notable British musician showed their songwriting prowess by improvising a song with borrowed lyrics from an oven manual. Provided by actor Richard E. Grant, who set the challenge. On an episode of the 1997 British TV series, An Evening With, which notable British musician showed their songwriting prowess by improvising a song with borrowed lyrics from an oven manual provided by actor Richard E. Grant, who set the challenge? No built-in hint. None? No. I mean, well, okay, British, but... And notable notable british musician What does notable
1: mean? It means they're worth talking about. So it isn't my friend uh it is <laughs> exactly. It's it, not it, your british it, friend. It's, it's not it's not my british friend Leafster. <laughs> wow. Is that a british <laughs> it's so hard.
0: Right from Liverpool, <laughs> Leafster, Duncan.
1: Um Ringo, <laughs> Leafster. Come <laughs> fucking knees. Please have a child and name it Leafster Um Oh god Um Notable British 1997 mm-hmm. Oven manual Go on then Wrote a song, make some lyrics For this oven manual Alright then I will Or it could be a woman Alright then I will 97 I was 17. Elton John. Is that your final answer? Yeah. That's correct. I can't fucking believe it. <laughs> Are you fucking with me right now? Was
0: that a little B? Come on. I mean, I feel like notable British yes, musician. It's a little that, fucking that, that, that put Elton John in your head.
1: Well, I at mean, least in a list. Put, yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I I, I did you some there. I didn't, I didn't leave you all out in the cold or I anything guess like can that. I argue with that. But yeah, it's a, it's a great video. I'll post a link in the show notes if you want to check it out. But, uh, you know, in the evening with it, it's kind of like he's got a piano on stage. They had other guests on as well, but the, there's an audience that has uh, some celebrities peppered throughout it and they go ask, uh, go to the audience for questions and stuff. And when they get to Richard D. E. Grant, he says, I was hoping you could uh, you know, show your stuff tonight and maybe write a song on the spot. I've heard you write your songs very quickly. And uh, if you need some lyrics, I've got this oven manual here. And so Elton laughs, and he goes and takes it and sits down at his piano, lays it out flat on top of the piano, and goes to town. It's very entertaining stuff. Huh. Very impressive as well.
1: That is very impressive.
0: Kyle was like, eh. Lots of folks could do that, but you know, to an untrained musician, it looks super impressive. Well, he also you know? usually
1: doesn't write his lyrics. If you don't right. know that.
0: Yeah. That's Kyle. Also mentioned that she was like, this is right in his wheelhouse. He's so it is being in his wheelhouse. provided, yeah. you know, provided with, uh, with all the, the tools that he just needs to like form a melody around. But yeah,
1: he has to play, write a piano part and, mm-hmm. write, and play a piano part and write a melody still. Yeah. But, uh,
0: it right. could, it could have made a jingle though. I would have bought that from Elton John if I owned that oven company. Um, which reminds me of a band that only wrote one jiggle in their time, Steely Dan, Steely Dan. right? For yeah. Schlitz. And it's so good. I listened to it. Yes, it, so is good, good. Isn't
1: it? it is good. It is good. Makes me want to drink Schlitz. It certainly does. Hashtag not an ad, but. Schlitzy Dan. Damn. It's good. <laughs> All right, here's your last question. An ancient Greek legend, a soldier named Phidepides collapsed and died after running over 25 miles to Athens. To give news of which battle? An ancient Greek legend, a soldier named phidippides that's P-H-E-I-D-I-P-P-E-D-E-S, phidippides collapsed and died after running over 25 miles to Athens to give news of which battle? The battle of Shit. The Battle of? Well, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and then the place. Kind of like they have, like, the Battle of Bunker Mm -hmm. Hill Battle of, you know.
0: Right. Ran to Athens. So it's got to be somewhere in Greece. It's not
1: like he crossed, like, a body of water to give the news. He cannot run on water. Mm -hmm. I will. I will tell you that. (sighs) I have no idea. I'll give you a little bit of a hint. Okay. So the place, the battle of this place has taken on a new context because of this trek, And we now use the name of this place in the context of racing.
0: So this is an F one question is what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> Like a Trojan horse of a question,
1: Troy. That's a place in Greece.
0: Yeah, that's what I was. I mean, yeah, maybe it is the Battle of Troy. I was. I was. <laughs> when you. <laughs> it's so funny that you mentioned that because I couldn't think of Troy, but I was like the Trojan War. It's a war. It's not a battle, so I can't do that. But I guess that would be the Trojan War. Is how it should be pronounced. Troyan. Yeah. Um. Man, I have no idea.
1: I'm so pathetic. I just got to go with Troy, even though you gave it to me. Sorry, that's wow. incorrect. This was very interesting to me. The Battle of Marathon, and this oh, is where Marathon gets its name because he ran right. all the way from from uh, Athens to uh, or from Marathon to Athens to let them know, but they turned him away, and he had to run all the way back and died. Wow. Yeah. Gave it as all. Gave it as all. Some all gave some, Mm -hmm. some gave all. Yeah. I mean,
0: dude, great question. I, I'm an idiot for not getting that right, but you know, that was, it's a fantastically thought out question. Very interesting. Good stuff. Full
1: pibs, Maybe.
0: Yeah. I mean, explicitly including the, the racing element. I think that would definitely give it like full pibs. Um, I mean, if you if you know geography, you're you're maybe gonna have a little bit of a better time with this in your sus, mm-hmm. Um, or history, for that matter. If you don't know it outright, but yeah, man, great question. Thank you. Fantastic. I was
1: I, it was very interesting to me when I saw there was a battle of marathon. I was like, I wonder if that's where marathon comes from. And then I saw it did, and I was like, Ooh. Hell yeah, that's juicy. Nice, love an end of modelled you question.
0: Well, thank you for that question and the other questions that you brought as well. And thank you also for your good. question
1: and all the other six other questions.
0: And thank you for listening, everyone.
1: Thank you for all your questions.
0: That concludes this episode of the no nonsense trivia podcast. Please join us every week for a new episode by subscribing to no nonsense trivia podcast on your favorite podcast platform. You can support the no, no in several ways. The easiest by sharing this episode on your social media accounts with your friends, as we mentioned before, we have uh, several thousand listeners a week, but we don't have several thousand reviews. So if you wouldn't mind, if you haven't yet, just taking a moment to rate and review our show on your favorite podcast platform, that would be fantastic. And we also don't have several thousand Patreon supporters either. We've like got a- about 80 And we appreciate them. We do very much. But for those of you listening that haven't signed up yet, you can support the show on Patreon by visiting our website, thenono.com, clicking the support link at the top, which will take you to our Patreon page, giving you access to
1: bonus content, our full library of episodes, and more. And there's so many tiers there for you to choose from. And if you don't pick one, there will be so many tiers here that I will be crying. Yes. Thank you to our Patreon supporters for helping us out with the show, including a huge, huge thanks to our Pibs Masters, Kaz, Rick G, Adam, a.k.a. Dr. AGE, Sam Spencer, Blake, a.k.a. Motor Liquor, Brandon Long, Adam Volk at Esma and Red Crest Kitchen, Tim with Pat's Garden Service, Tommy, and Gil. It's Gill. Our team captains, Ed, Hayden, Matt, Skyler, Kristen Fletcher, Lydia, O.G. Aaron, and David Holbrook, David Holbrook, and David Holbrook. The DH3. DHX3. DHX3. If you'd like to write us
0: with a rate my question. Rate us with a rate my question. A miscorrection. Or even just a little no-no. Little no-no. Just a little tiny one. No guy. at gmail.com, the email address, or call us at one 356
1: 6966 And please follow us on social media. Do you want to hang out with us throughout the week? Uh Uh-huh. We have a Discord channel you can join. Okay. Just check the show notes for that. Will do. We also have a Facebook group. The link for that is also in the show notes, or you can just go on Facebook and search for the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast to join us there. And as previously mentioned by my good friend Lee, who just celebrated her birthday recently, by the way. Yes, I did. Um, Please, please, please don't forget to leave us a rating on your favorite podcast service. Five stars only, please. Until next time, no-nonsense listeners. Have a great week.